You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast, part of the Passion Podcast Network. Just to jump up to the 30,000 foot level, I know a lot of you are around scripture, you, you know the book of Ephesians, some of you are new to church and new to scripture and new to this whole idea of Jesus. So let me just jump up for a minute to the 30,000 foot level and help us understand this letter to the church at Ephesus called Ephesians, the letter, what it's really all about. The letter's written by a guy named Paul, we're gonna talk about that in one second, in the year, say, about 62 A.D., Now, you're going to find scholars who say it could have been 59 or 60 or 61 or 63, but 62 is a good median in there, and a lot of scholars will believe 61, 62, so let's just go with 62. So Jesus has come to earth. He's given his life for the sins of mankind, crucified in broad daylight, buried, dead, but raised from the dead by the power of God, ascended back into heaven after appearing to many witnesses, a promised Holy Spirit comes, and the church is born, the church that we're a part of tonight, and it starts spreading all over the known world. And now we're somewhere around 30 years later, and little churches have been planted all around, particularly Asia Minor, and the known world of the time. And in this context of the early fledgling church, God is writing through Paul to one of these groups of believers a letter, this letter to the Ephesians, which ended up being circulated to all the known churches of that day. And it's a letter reminding people that you are the body of Christ in the world. That's sort of a theme you're going to see all the way from beginning to end. The letter is just reminding these brand new early church believers, hey, you're the body of Christ. You're the people of God. Collectively and personally, you are joined together and joined to Jesus and you're God's people in the world. So therefore, take on who you are and live out who you are in the world. Now in this moment, the whole Jewish system is still very strong. If we just take one more step back, you understand when Jesus was born, he was born into a region and a time where the system of belief was born out of Judaism and it was an amazing system because God had put it in place. It was built around a promise of a Messiah. It was built up on the law that God had given and the testimony of the prophets and there were holy days and religious festivals and and things to observe and there was a way to enter into the temple and a way to bring sacrifices of worship, all pointing towards a coming king and a coming Messiah who would in fact take away the sins of the whole wide world. And Jesus was born into that system as that Messiah gave his life for the sins of the world, but even though Jesus came, did miraculous things, showed the power of God, a lot of people in that system didn't buy it. A, he came from the wrong town, he came from a, from a sort of low-class family, he couldn't sort of be the Messiah because he really didn't set up a kingdom, he came to serve and not to be served, and they were like, this can't be the guy. And then he's crucified, 
really at their hands on a hill outside Jerusalem and they're thinking, we gotta get rid of this guy so we can keep on the plan of waiting for the promise of God. Hey, don't miss the fact that God has already brought his promise because it didn't come in the way that you were looking for it. A lot of times we're still working the system and God has already given the promise. And in this case, they'd already received what God had said, but they didn't wanna rock the boat and they didn't wanna lose their position of power. So they kept on plugging with the system. And this church is being born, this proclaiming resurrection. Jesus came and died and rose again. And the system is saying, okay, well, even if you do believe in Jesus, you still gotta do the system. And Paul is coming into this context as someone who'd been in the Jewish system and yet met Christ. And in the midst of that religion, a fledgling church and the philosophy of the day that just said, basically, you don't even need any of this truth. You can find your own way through a number of different philosophical paths in the middle of all that swirl. God says, I, I, I need my voice in the equation. And through the apostle Paul, he begins to speak a word to a fledgling church about who they are. We're gonna take a couple of verses off the top here and then ending down to verse 14, but beginning Ephesians 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our text for right now. Seeing that powerful, they get one amen, then get one preach it, brother. No, I didn't see anybody write anything down. Because what? That's the opening. That's like, hey, man, what's up? That's like, hey, bro, good to talk to you. That's like, dear so-and-so, I'm writing you this letter today, and I greet you, blah, 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 blah. It's the opening salutation. But I got to tell you, the opening salutation of anything in the Word of God is full of power. And these two verses unpack the whole heartbeat of the letter and the spirit and the heartbeat of what God is saying in Ephesians as a whole. Let me just lift up four takeaways from the first two verses in Ephesians chapter one. I know some of you are like, man, I was really hoping we get down to verse 21. That's where I've been praying all week long. We're gonna get there, but we're jumping off at verse one and verse two with four huge takeaways and then a little bit of a tie-in at the very end. First takeaway is this, that God has the power to change our names and to change our destiny. God has the power, you can clap for that if you want to, to change our name and to change our destiny. See, for me, I cannot get into Ephesians without stopping at the first word. You're like, Louis, I knew you were gonna do this to us. I knew it. I knew I shouldn't have read ahead because I knew you were gonna haul you know, all of us right to the first verse, to the first word, and just park it right there. And that's what we're doing because it opens up with a gospel in a name because it's written by the apostle Paul. He says of himself that I am an apostle, that's an emissary, an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I'm on a mission for Jesus by the will of God. And I'm writing to you, letting you know who's writing and whose writing is Paul. And the reason that's important is because that tells us right out of the chute that God has the power to change our name and to change our destiny. 
Almost everybody here, I, I know we've got a, a sort of a, a church crowd of people that have been around the teaching for a while, but I'm leaning towards somebody tonight that sort of just showed up in your life. I'm catching up, Louis, so can you, can you kind of give me just a little bit more so I can join in with what everybody's, you know, kind of understanding tonight? And I'm with you tonight because the story, the bigger backstory here is when that little church was born, when the gospel and the resurrection started to be proclaimed, those Jewish leaders were not just against the spread of the story of the resurrection, they were trying to squash the spread of the story of resurrection. And the leading guy who was at their hand and authority to stamp out the early faith in Jesus Christ was a man named Saul of Tarsus. And Saul of Tarsus was a perfect candidate to be sort of the, 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 the trailblazer of shutting down faith as early as possible. Saul, the name itself means small or diminutive. So we know that he wasn't like a big giant, you know, broad shouldered kind of 6'5", six, 6'4 six, guy. He was small in stature and possibly even had some kind of physical infirmity, that, a weakness in him that caused him to even seem smaller because maybe he had a limp or maybe he had some sort of a deficiency that added into the mix. So we got a little bitty guy, but he's brilliant. We know from his own story in another letter that he was born into the right Jewish family. He had a Roman background, so he's a Roman citizen, but born into a Jewish family. He was educated in the best of schools. He had the brightest of minds. He had the incredible intellect and the ability to articulate his position greater than probably anybody else in his day. And he was way bought in to the leadership role in the Jewish religious system of the day. And he was a little bitty guy, and he probably didn't like being pushed down all of his life. And so coming out of that vein was coming this venomous hatred toward the resurrection story of Jesus. And he had the authority to throw Christians in prison he had the authority to ransack people's houses. He even had the authority to take people's lives if that's what was required to shut them up. And he did. And one day on a, on a road to a destination of a city that he was excited about getting to because he knew there were Christians that were active there. On the way, he met Jesus Christ in a vision and as the story of Acts unfolds to us, the vision of Jesus was so powerful, it knocked Saul of Tarsus to, his, to the ground and it physically blinded him, the radiance of Jesus. And Jesus spoke to him and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And the encounter that he had with the risen Jesus Christ, the vision that he had, shut him down, ended up several days, couldn't see, and at the end of the time, God sent a, a representative to him to say, hey, all this has happened for this reason. God has chosen to take you out of the crushing the gospel business, business and into the spreading the gospel business. He's chosen to take you out of being a hater of the faith and to open your eyes to see the faith. You're no longer gonna be the persecutor of the church. You're gonna be the perpetuator 
care of the church. You got a whole new mission, buddy. And that Jesus that you saw on the way, that revelation that you saw on the way, that beauty, that awesomeness, that glory that you saw on the way and the grace that he's given into your life, that now is gonna be what propels you all throughout the known world. You're gonna be an ambassador and an apostle of Jesus Christ. You're gonna go before kings. As soon as his eyes were open, that's what they said to him. You're gonna take the message before kings and before rulers all throughout this world. The, the religious system, they've already had their chance to hear about Jesus. You're gonna take the story to the whole wide world. And his name was changed in that encounter from Saul of Tarsus to Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And that tells us before we get past one word, I mean, I'm getting a highlighter out and I'm highlighting Paul. I'm circling Paul. I'm journaling about Paul. I'm fired up about Paul. People say, what are you reading in scripture? Paul, bro. I just want to give you Paul. Memorize that, man. Settle in on that. Take a deep breath out of that. That's power right there, people, because it was Saul changed to Paul. It was a dreadful past changed to an amazing, hopeful future. God can do this, people. He can change our names and he can change our destiny. That means that, that we're not what we were. Because this guy was a self-righteous, religious zealot. And he became a proclaimer of the peace and the grace that are found in Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast wherever you stream it. You can also subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every Monday.